Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. I hope you enjoyed that little intro. We spent some time on that. When I say we, I mean me. I just sat in my room and I cranked that sucker out. It's kind of incredible looking back, uh, all the people that I've had a chance to talk to in the last, say, eight or nine months and uh, obviously not dressed up in a suit today. Today's Monday. It's August the 14th. We're going to be getting into bumper sticker politics. And I'm going to give credit right where it's due. My wife and I had a discussion over coffee this morning, and that was something that came out of her mouth. I hadn't heard it phrased that way other than by her. And uh, that's not the first time she said it to me. I think it made an impact on me in a way that um, it tied together a bunch of things that I saw over the weekend. And that is essentially the emotional appeal of advertising and uh, our friend Dan Bongino, who you just saw in that interview, likes to earn that uh, intro rather. He always likes to talk about the stupid smart people and the stupid smart people are those that are educated, but they don't know anything. They have a lot of degrees. They have a lot of time in university and they end up uh, doing things like saying foolishness and uh, and and being beguiled by very simple ideas. So that's the stupid smart people. I think the bigger danger is actually the smart, stupid people. The smart, stupid people don't know anything either. And yet they have this intuitive sense of how to send things downrange that are effective and they manipulate people in a meaningful way because there's a lot of stupid, stupid people and the smart, stupid people are able to control them. And you're going to find out that this is nothing new. This was actually something that Madison knew going all the way back prior to the ratification of our Constitution. So we're going to talk about Federalist Paper number 10. 10 is, uh, in many ways, the older brother, and it predates the one that we talked about last week, which was Federalist Paper number 51. Do you see how this all actually ties together? I don't know why it does that. I didn't make it like this. It just turns out that these things are all the case. So we're going to get into a bunch, a bunch of really weird stuff. And uh, I'm wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt today. If you're not watching on our Rumble channel, you're missing that. Let's Go Brandon was not a profanity-laced idea or a way to cover it up. If you if you ever listen to Mike Rowe talk about it, I think he says it in the most accurate way. Let's Go Brandon is an acknowledgement that the news media and the smart, stupid people are lying to us. That's what I'm going to say. Let's Go Brandon has nothing to do with saying something nasty about Joe Biden. It's the fact that they will lie to our face and act like it's something that is true. You know, it's the old uh, don't pee on my leg and tell me that it's raining. If you believe that it's raining, then you're in the stupid, stupid people camp. But the people that are willing to tell you that they're the smart, stupid. All right. So in uh, in a way that we should uh, obviously kick off with a little bit of truth. Let's start off with real things, things that are accurate, things that are not fake. I'm going to bring up a couple of things. First of all, we're going to say thanks to our sponsor, Catholic Vote, before it gets totally away from me. Um, let me do that real quickly here. This is the loop. I continue to pound it because it is outstanding. I got it this morning and found an article in there that I should have found earlier. The loop is something you can find at catholicvote.org. Catholicvote.org. C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C, vote.org. Go in there, punch in your email, punch in your name, punch in your zip code, good to go. You don't need to give them a phone number. They don't care. And get their email. 
Uh, Steve Friend and I talked about it on Friday. It's outstanding. This is I'm going to read from it today for for Monday. Uh, it leads off with news about prayer for the Hawaiian fire victims. Nearly 100 people killed so far that they know of in Hawaii, in Maui, the demolition of a historic town there. Um, another thing that's really interesting is a failure of the federal government. The uh, the sirens that are supposed to let people know about approaching disasters, whether it be lava flow, whether it be hurricane, or whether it be fire in this case, failed. So go figure. Here's something that's going to make you um, make you concerned. The Biden administration made a $6 billion deal with Iran, gave money, and basically bought back five people. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show today. I actually found it in here. I did not know about this story, which is yet another example of the stupid smart people moving things along and running the narrative that is bull. Ousted uh, reporters suing the White House, uh, some calls for school choice after bad weeks in uh, Kentucky, and on and on and on. A lot of really good stuff in there. You guys should check it out. Check out the loop, catholicvote.org. No excuse why not to get it. It doesn't cost you a penny, and the value is pretty significant. It's really good reporting that's caught, pulled in from all kinds of places. We'll also say for, uh, thanks to my friends over at Patriot Coolers. This is the Patriot Cooler website. Gifts for veterans and first responders. There's some really neat stuff in there. There's a uh, American flag with a fire axe in red, which I think is kind of cool. There's some EMS logo stuff in there where they have the EMS inside the American flag. Uh, obviously, you're, you're kind of thin blue line type things. There's a, a flag that says veteran. Really good stuff. Uh, check out them. Go to PatriotCoolers.com. Here is... Here's Kyle's personal Patriot cooler. There it is right there. It just says Patriot on the bottom of it. If you haven't seen it recently, I like things in OD green. My workout gear is in OD green. My rogue fitness bar is in OD green. And uh, when my kids ask me what my favorite color is, I usually say green. Check out PatriotCoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. That gets you 10% off. It's free shipping over 50 bucks. All you got to do is uh, scroll down in the show notes on any of the things that you see, whether it be on our Apple channel, whether it be on any of the audio podcasts or the videos, you can scroll down, click right through. You don't even have to type it in. And even our buddy Ryan Matta has a Patriot cooler right now with an American flag on it. All right, let's launch. Let's launch right into this thing. Um, I'm running without Ryan Matta. He is actually running around on the border. So we're going to probably have some pretty interesting new reporting for you. He is uh, running around with our show guest, um, our, our guy, Carlos. Uh, um, now I'm going to screw up his name. Uh, Arineo. Sorry. Forget. Sorry, Carlos. <laughs> I can't picture your name. I could see it on Twitter. Uh, Carlos is running around with Ryan Matta right now, and he told me that he got two hours of sleep last night. He's videotaping uh, immigrant, illegal immigrant buses being moved around by the United States government. So he's down near Brownsville, Texas. That's all we'll say about that just for their safety as they as they video. He's got some drone footage, and I think he's got some pretty amazing eye-opening stuff that you have not seen of these migrant camps that we talked about on our previous episode. So bear with me. Uh, doing the best that we can here without a producer. But what we can do is show you a little bit about the truth. And the truth is this. You guys all heard something that happened last week. You heard about a man in Utah being shot by the FBI. You heard that he was a Trump ultra MAGA supporter. You heard he was a bad person by the mainstream media. They knew everything about this guy in a few seconds. And of course, the contrast is nobody knows anything about the manifesto for the shooter that was trans or whatever that means in Tennessee months earlier. So the FBI is happy to leak certain things. I don't know if it's FBI or DOJ that's making these decisions, but there's information that comes out in a very early way under certain narratives. Here's what you didn't hear. Most of you are not familiar with this story. This is coming from the ABQ Journal. All right. The ABQ Journal is out of Albuquerque. And what it says 
is the FBI just released very few details on the killing of a person in Albuquerque. This was updated on August 8th. This predates the shooting in Utah. Did you hear about this one? Did you hear that FBI SWAT went out and shot another person prior to this other guy? How come we don't know any stories about this? I'll read it to you and I'll tell you why, because I know people in the Albuquerque division. The FBI shot and killed a person Tuesday morning. This was last week, obviously almost a full week ago in Albuquerque, but released few details about the incident. The agency's public affairs office said in a uh, in a new release that the shooting occurred around 6 a.m. This is when the FBI goes in and does their thing. One subject is deceased and FBI personnel were unharmed. According to the release, the FBI takes all shooting incidents involving our agents or task force members seriously. This is exactly the same sort of uh, press release that was given out when we were uh, looking at what happened in Utah. They didn't say what city or where in the city it happened or if the person killed had a weapon or any other details. Of course, they gave no information. The FBI is an intelligence agency and they don't need to tell you anything and therefore they will not. In accordance with FBI policy, this is literally the entire article here, so we can read it quickly. Uh, in accordance with FBI policy, the shooting incident is under review by the FBI's inspection division, which is who does these things. It's an ongoing matter. We have no further details to provide the spokesperson declined to answer any of the questions, although the spokesperson wouldn't give a location. A teacher at Monzano High School said it happened down the street near Shelwood Park and Mountain Northeast in Albuquerque, uh, unrelated to the school. So we can uh, we can know these things and we can wonder, well, what's going on there? What does that mean? What happened with this shooting? And I will tell you what happened with the shooting. This was somebody who was a prior felon, somebody who was prior prior involved in violence. They had what's called an FIP warrant. That's a felon in possession warrant. It can be charged locally uh, under state statute. It could be charged federally. And in this case, it was a federal charge originating with an FBI investigation. And they went and grabbed this guy first thing in the morning, like they do, 0600, as we like to always say in the academy, why uh, why change it up and do something smarter when you can do what they've always done? So the FBI goes and bangs on the door. The guy produces a weapon and he is killed. And that is it. It's cut and dry. It's straightforward. But the real question should never be why, uh, you know, why was this person killed? Because once you get to the point where you have a SWAT team in front of the door, it's pretty predictable that it will happen some of the times. You're sending usually 12-plus armed men with rifles, body armor. They're wearing pajamas that look like they came out of Afghanistan that are very clean. They're wearing a helmet. They're wearing uh, night vision that they're not allowed to actually use inside the house. They're not allowed to do night vision clears, but it looks cool. Um, they have lasers on their rifles and so on. And they spend all their time shooting targets. So when they walk in, if somebody produces a weapon, they do what they're supposed to do, which is shoot somebody with a weapon and protect themselves and their teammates. The question is this. Why are we trying to grab people at 0600 in the dark, in their homes, in the most dangerous thing you can do? Most SWAT operations these days, unless they are responding to, as we talked about last week, if they're not going after hostage rescue and they are not trying to protect life, for an active shooter scenario, there's almost no justification for going into these things. In fact, most SWAT teams have moved into a what is called surround and call out protocol, which is to say they isolate the area, they isolate the building, they evacuate anybody that's in danger. And if it's just a subject that they are looking to get, they will just surround it, call the person out, and it takes however long it takes. There's plenty of people on the SWAT team. There are plenty of FBI agents, even in a division as small as Albuquerque, that can go and make this thing happen. So... If that is the case, and that's what we're dealing with, um, we are dealing with people who are trying to 
cause danger and damage. I'm getting some uh, info from you guys. Sounds like the microphone volume is really low. I do not know why that would be. I can't see anything on my end that would change that. So if it's not working well, I really do apologize. Uh, we'll have to do it on the audio replay. We're going to keep on rolling through this. What I want you guys to know, again, they are going to push a narrative that is small. That's the let's go, Brandon. That's the we're going to tell you something that doesn't make any bit of sense. And you're going to believe it if you don't look into it further. And there's a bunch of examples of this. So I'm going to pull up something else that kind of caught my attention this weekend. This is straight out of Twitter. I engage in social media so that you don't have to if you don't like. And this guy's name is John Pavlovitz. He's a writer. He's written a book that's literally entitled something along the lines of, um, if God is love, then don't be a jerk. I don't. I don't know why that would be a thought that he has when he is, in fact, a jerk. The man wrote a, a tweet out this weekend that said, I'm never uneasy about Muslims or refugees or migrant families passing me on the street. No, it's pissed off, entitled, gun-toting, professed Christian white bigots emboldened by our former president who worry me. And that made me think, well, what in the actual hell is this guy talking about? One, how do you know that somebody is a Christian white bigot as they walk past you? And if they're doing it correctly, you're probably not going to know that they're gun-toting. And if you think they're pissed off, maybe they have a reason to it. How would you know looking at somebody that they're entitled? That actually is, that is actually what it looks like when you see somebody who's bigoted. The man is exercising a bigoted position. So I went to his article because he linked to it. And I thought, what in the world is this guy all about? Well, here it is. This is John Pavlovich's website. It's johnpavlovich.com. We'll give credit where it's due for a thing that was written. Stuff that needs to be said is what he calls it. And what you're seeing, if you're not, uh, what you're not seeing if you're not watching our channel, is a balled up rage fist, I guess. That looks like a pretty weak little rage fist with a uh, kind of a beefy forearm of a white guy in a t-shirt and jeans, kind of like many of you might wear, kind of like I might wear on any given day. And this is an article that he wrote under Trump's presidency in June of 2018. It says, America's greatest threat isn't immigrant, black, migrant, or Muslim. So he's now recycling something from five plus years ago. He's rage recycling this garbage. So I'm not going to read all of it. It's not all that important. Uh, this is something talking about Trump. Trump is bad. As you know, this is the narrative. Trump bad. Trump bad. He says, I see the people who we should be. He said, there are people uh, that decent Americans should be terrified by who are gaining traction and growing in both number and in ferocity, but they're not exactly those the president wants to conveniently paint as the danger. This again, he's referring to Trump. So who are these people? And then he decides to go to a very specific, simple, emotional trigger. He says yesterday while driving in a uh, busy beach town, a car came flying up from behind us in heavy traffic that was stop and go. It was a young white man and he sped past us. I noticed that he had a bumper sticker that read fight crime, shoot back, and no liberals. These are the two bumper stickers, fight crime, shoot back, and no liberals. Not surprisingly, he drove aggressively, weaving back and forth, tailing cars close behind and shooting around them. His face was etched in a permanent scowl, and he seemed bothered by the whole lot of humanity around him. I've seen that look before, but I see it a whole lot more lately. This is what bigotry looks like, folks. That's literally what bigotry looks like. When you look at someone and you decide that they are the problem and they represent an entire swath without knowing anything about this person, without knowing anything 
about what's going on out there. And so who are these people? He says, no, these people, I'm never uneasy about Muslims or undocumented people or migrant families that are passing me in the street. It's pissed off, entitled, gun-toting, professed Christian white bigots emboldened by our former presidents who terrify me. They're the ones pulling the trigger in most of our mass shootings. They're the ones accosting strangers because of their sexuality or skin color. They're the ones trolling teenage shooting survivors. They're the ones espousing the most toxic religion. They're the ones carrying torches through cities and ramming people with cars. They're the ones most often using excessive force behind the badges. That's amazing. And they're the ones feeling like they have license to say anything they'd like. They're the ones calling on cops or calling the cops on black men sitting in coffee shops. They're the ones who believe America is their sole property and birthright. They're the ones most emboldened by this president in which whom they found a kindred spirit. All right. So we're going to go after Donald Trump, but we're going to go after you as well. This is my big appeal. I'm going to say this thing in a way that I would like I would like the Trump camp to acknowledge and hear the danger of Donald Trump saying that they're coming for you, but they have to go through me. And that's why they're attacking me is wrong. Okay. And it's, and it's really important that we get this out there. I've made a message before I've stated in a few ways that I wish that Donald Trump would be able to embrace some humility. I really do. I really wish that that's what he would do. He would be so much more powerful in his messaging. The problem, and I made this argument in a Twitter space the other day, and it was medium received. So I want you to go out there, listen to me very closely. What I want Donald Trump to do, if he wants to be successful, is to make himself one of everyone else. They're not just coming for Donald Trump, and then he's the way in the way of coming for you. They're coming for you. They're coming for all of us. Like, I guarantee you, if that guy saw me with this T-shirt on, he would assume that I'm whatever those things are. The toxic religion trolling teenage shooting survivors like David Hogg, who's a clown, whose father is an FBI agent who grew up privileged and took a spot at Harvard from somebody who was deserving. You know, one of these people who uh, the movie Goodwill Hunting goes and, and triggers. I'm one of the people that they would assume engage in a mass shooting since I own guns. This guy is going to paint me with that brush. And he paints you with that brush. He paints all people who voted for Trump, but moreover, he paints all people who are conservatives, whether you're Christian or otherwise. If you own firearms, if you believe in the basic civil liberties that this country was founded upon, John Pavlovich has a problem with you. And so do all of the smart, stupid people. They're willing to paint you broadly with an emotional triggering brush. And Trump is no different than any of us in that case. He is not unique in the fact that they are going after him. He does have a much higher prominence, and so they are going after him with more gusto. But he's one of us in that way. And that's where his messaging fails. If Trump could realize that his goal should not be to say, I'm an exemplar, I'm special, that's, a, that's an elitism. What he needs to say is, I eat burgers just like you, even though I'm a billionaire, I put on my pants every single day. Even though the Secret Service hang out with me, they're my buddies and I like them just like you might. He needs to go and embrace the humility of being part of the crowd instead of trying to separate himself from the crowd. And this would be an immensely successful mission. I think that would win over so many more people. It would just be nice to hear him pivot slightly. It's still Trumpy. You can still do the Trump brand and you can still win if you do it right. That is the, the right wing. That is the conservative emotion appeal that needs to happen. The emotional appeal that needs to happen right now. So why did this all come up? How did I come to all these things? I, I look at these idiots on, on social media and it comes up with this stuff. I'm going to play you a video and then we're going to do some deep dive into what in the world these are. These are smart, stupid people. And this is a kid who is a smart, stupid person. <laughs> you could see me double, double uh, shown right here. So 
Let's see what this is all about. This is what got my brain working, the bumper sticker politics. Listen to the substance of what this kid has to say. All right. He's all over social media right now, and there's almost nothing there. Stand by. Uh, and, and if you have uh, kids in the room and you want to, this is some some uh, aggressive language. This guy basically is a 21-year-old kind of fool. And so he's going to be swearing. I apologize up front. It's worth knowing what these people have to say, even in spite of the swearing. It's not as bad as Cardi B the other day, but it's not good. All right, here we go. How many days this week have you watched Fox News? How many days? Be honest with yourself. You can show this to your parents. How many days this week have you turned on Jesse Waters' primetime? And I'm not even trying to be a dick. Like, I'm not asking you to switch news networks. I'm asking you to mix it all in. Add, add CNN for 10 minutes. And don't fucking kid yourself either, because, like, I pay attention to it all. No, you don't, bro. Like, people wonder, parents wonder right now, they're like, why is there such a disconnect between me and my kids? How did my kid end up, end up like an indoctrinated liberal? And I don't understand any of these issues. It's time to use critical thinking skills, bro. No offense, but your kid is on social media right now watching, like, climate change stuff, Americans dying, Trump is getting indicted, 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 and you're on Fox watching like some fringe story about LGBTQ people coming for your kids. Like, it, obviously there's going to be a fucking disconnect there. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to help you. Like, just mix it all in. Sounds like the video is not playing. Is this thing not going? Let's try this again. Force yourself to watch a bunch of other stuff and don't fucking kid yourself. I force Liberals are brainwashed. Gen Z is indoctrinated. Let me ask you a question, bro. How many days this week have you watched Fox News? How many days? Be honest with yourself. You can show this to your parents. How many days this week have you turned on Jesse Waters' primetime? And I'm not even trying to be a dick. Like, I'm not asking you to switch news networks. I'm asking you to mix it all in. Add, add CNN for 10. Oh, there you go. Well, you're missing out because that was uh, why we need Ryan Matta. Of course, you're not seeing anything. I can see it all on the screen, and of course, it should be uh, streaming out there, and yet it's not. So what he's saying is he's screaming about Jesse Waters. He's screaming about, uh, are you watching Fox? Do you spend all of your time uh, listening to the media that you care about, and you're not listening to what's going on on CNN? You need to listen to CNN for 10 minutes a day. That's why you're not connecting with Gen Z. That's why parents are not able to connect with their kids politically. That's why there's nothing of value going on um, you know, in the political discussion and that realm. And all he is talking about over and over again are the same talking points. I'm going to give it one more shot here. I'm going to see if I can actually pull up this uh, this video of the first one. Let's see if this, this is what actually triggered me in the first place. And I, I will say triggered because it was fully nuts. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you guys see this in the chat. But this is what this kid started off by screaming about. And this is a little bit more unhinged. Again, uh, colorful language. So stand by. Why is on fire ruining people's lives? The coastal Florida is 101 degrees. Climate change is ruining everything. Women are bleeding out on operating tables because doctors are like, oh yeah, sorry, can't perform that life-saving abortion for you because you don't have a right to that or something. None of us can afford college. There is real shit, real actual shit going on. And it's sad as hell. It's actually sad and no offense, but what are you focused on? What are you focused on? You're like, yeah, my main issues are I want to get Trump reelected because Hunter Biden, I want to fight woke and white men. All right. So that didn't work. Unfortunately, it sounds like none of this is going through. I can see it all on the screen over here and it should be streaming. But that's what happens when we uh, try to run without a producer and we try to show you something that's not going to work. So uh, never fear. What I will tell you is this guy talks about the fact that doctors are unable to perform life-saving abortions. They're unable to go out and um, operate on operating tables and therefore women are bleeding out on their operating tables. They are dying on the table because of abortion. They are uh, worried about the the world on fire and everything is going to hell because of climate change. This kid literally hits all of the bumper stickers. He's hitting the bumper sticker politics. It's climate change. It's gay rights, which they call LGBTQIA issues. 
right? It's the same thing that the FBI was trying to say that Christians, and specifically Latin mass Catholics, are the problem for. It makes them white supremacists. It's simple and really, really dangerous thinking. It's the same thing that John Pavlovich is saying since 2018, but now they're getting young and dumb people who I guess emotionally appeal to somebody. I don't know why it appeals to somebody, but it apparently appeals to people his age. So I wanted to dig into how did they get into this messaging? How did they come after this guy? What um, what what was the purpose of getting a skinny, little, white, floppy-haired, would have been like one of the dorks from um, from a um, you know mall rats type movie? Why is this kid the voice of quote unquote Gen Z for the Democrat Party? Why would that be the case? And what we're going to find out is. Of course, because they're paid, because they're paid TikTok, quote unquote, TikTok stars, because we are dealing with a time where simple minded people and simple minded thoughts, the smart, stupid people are taking advantage of an emotional loop that allows them to move forward messaging, even though there is nothing, there is nothing going on inside their heads. Here's this article that's written by the uh, the Independent Journal Review. Is that right? What do they call the Independent Journal Review? There they are. Uh, commentary: Liberal TikTokers exposed for who they are after tri- Twitter drops a massive note on the video. So there's a couple of these videos. Some of them are really silly. Uh, they said, you know, what do these obnoxious far left social media quote unquote stars have to teach the Republican Party? And the answer is a shocking amount. That's the saddest part of all of this. The saddest part is that there actually is something to learn about all of this. They should be learning that uh, we should be learning. There we go. We should be learning that they, they're actually tapping into something really powerful, even if it's stupid, because people don't want to know anything right now. There's a little video here. You probably can actually see it. I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear it, so I'm not going to play it. Uh, this is Harry Sisson, and his buddy's name is Chris Mori. These guys are 20 and 21 years old. They have nothing of substance to add to the conversation. And yet they're out there catching hundreds of thousands of eyeballs. They're out there yelling at the top of their lungs. And so what is the value of this? I will read because they've actually quoted some of the stuff in here. He said the Republican Party doesn't understand Gen Z, why we don't like you. He got 3 million views on this thing. 3 million people watch this for some reason. You claim you want to appeal to Gen Z, but you call us stupid. You say we're dumb. You say we're indoctrinated. I promise that's a losing strategy. He's correct. It's a losing strategy, but it's accurate. (laughs) And that's because nobody is interested in the factual reality of what's going on, particularly young people like this. What they're interested in is being fed a narrative because there are some smart, stupid people that are willing to do it. And the stupid, stupid people consume it over and over again says, Gen Z is watching the Republican Party extremely closely as, as you destroy our environment. No facts given. Take away rights from women. No facts given. Nothing about kids being shot in schools. Zero facts given. No particular position being espoused. Simply a virtue signal. And they think they can give the middle finger to our generation and get away with it. They are sorely mistaken. Perhaps. Perhaps that is the case. And yet, how sad. So, the, uh, the fact that these people are out there, this this note was given up. And what they did is community notes came in, which is kind of the fact checkers on Twitter. And they mentioned that these guys are paid political operatives because they're represented by a talent agency known as Pallet Management that fund that's funded by the DNC. Pallet Management got a couple hundred thousand dollars over a period of less than a year to uh, to do this sort of thing. What is Pallet Management? Here they are. 
That's palette management. I want you to just watch this video running in the background here. This is their uh, their lure in order to get people to buy their services and their management services. What you are seeing right now are dancing clowns. I, so, I assume that's what they are. Um, Non-exceptional people in pretty areas. Okay, there's nothing of substance going on in here. There's one woman who is doing some dancing that looks like she has some sort of a skill. Everyone else is involved in the saddest thing I've ever seen, like singing into their microphone or laying on their bed talking to themselves. The TikTok culture, zero value added. We've just done the loop. That's palette management. They say it right there. They are harnessing the power of short form media to unite and amplify creators and brands. They are trying to take the brand and they are trying to put it into your eyeballs. This is a, a group of smart, stupid people. They are taking something of no value and no substance and they're using it for messaging. And they are using it so they can get out there in front of what's going on and use it to uh, push this thing. Who are these kids though? Because part of it is the human cost. I'm just pulling up my Twitter feed here because I want to read this. This was sent over by, uh, by one of the gals I follow this morning. And and this is actually incredibly telling. I actually went and dug into this kid because it, it got me going like, who who listens to these idiots? And uh, I'll tell you, his name is Chris Mowry. He's a 21-year-old Gen Zer who's a raging liberal. This is his own description of himself. If you can see it on the screen right now, this is what you're seeing. Uh after a long conversation on Twitter, he realized that he should continue and try to be open on social media. He should try to be himself. I guess kudos for that. Not that I would want to be the person that he is. He said, when I was 16, I became fascinated with Trump. I want you all to put yourself, think about when you were 16 and what you knew about politics or anything else. Uh, the idea of damaging our republic through lies and disinformation lit an odd fire in me. So now he, uh, as, uh, as a smart, stupid person, thinks that he might be able to go do something about Trump, even though he's not even old enough to vote. As the Trump presidency ramped up, no further information. We don't know what that means. In fact, if I was writing this in an Intel product or an analysis, NFI would be written here on a regular basis. He said, I was known in my group as the kids who wouldn't shut up about politics. I post all sorts of videos on Instagram and politics. Uh, everything was sort of private then with just friends. Originally, I was a pretty staunch leftist. He doesn't even know what the words mean, by the way. He's a raging liberal now, but he used to be a leftist. He's He's backwards. I think liberals, in theory, actually have some degree of like personal freedom that they're interested in. He's interested in totalitarian sort of politics. He's trying to shove down his crazy ideas. He's actually gone from being a pretty um, stupid liberal to being a staunch leftist. But that's okay. We're going to continue on. He said he didn't like Joe Biden before the election. And now somehow Joe Biden has managed to uh, encourage him. Why? Because he's going to buy him off with, with his climate change BS. And he's going to give them a forgiven student loan debt. It's just all this stuff is really sad. He said he's uh, willing to change his mind. Of course, he's not. Um, you know, he's a kid. He's a moron. This is where it gets really interesting. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to change your mind. In fact, that's a good thing. So as time went on, I shifted from being a progressive, which is what he actually is now, to being a significantly more liberal for numerous reasons. And the issues are this. Again, no specifics. Abortion, gun control, climate change motivated me even more. Do we have any instinct that this kid, this poor, this poor useless vessel has any idea about what he's talking about? No. So he gets on social media. He says in 2022, he started screaming on TikTok, which is what he was doing about voting. He was lucky enough for it to blow up. And now it's his full-time job. That's just so, so bizarre. And in January of 2023, it be, became clear that this was a potential career path. So he started partying just, just for a minute. Can we just for a minute deal with that? Whatever that means. He thought that TikTok was a potential career path for him at 20 years old. And so he began to party. And by that, he means he started drinking every single day heavily, and he was drunk every day for six months in a row. 
This is actually really, really sad stuff. He said, I think it was the stress. Nothing else would shut off my brain. What it is, is that he's managed to fill his little feeble vessel with a lot of foolishness that has no other outlet except rage. He's a testosterone, you know, deprived, but otherwise driven young boy doing boy things when historically people his age were raising families and going to war and liberating Europe and doing things of difficulty. If he was working in a trade, he would have two plus years of being an apprentice and having grownups tell him how to do things so that he had some value in his life by working with his hands and his mind and his capabilities and adding something to the world. Instead, he's screaming on TikTok and getting drunk, which is probably the most likely story about like what we should be looking for from these people. And he is, in fact, a stupid, smart person. Correction. He is, in fact, a smart, stupid person. He doesn't know anything, but he's very, very clever about messaging that. So he says he ends up getting into a depression program. It changed his life. He still drinks, but just moderately. I don't know if you guys know anything about substance abuse, but generally speaking, when you have a problem with it, uh, you have to get away from that. You don't just tone it down a little bit. This kid is not going to have a good end. And this is sort of the sad thing. He's going to end up in a really, really bad place. I'm just reading through here. Uh, I didn't even show you the picture of it. He says, that's all I've got for now. Thanks for reading this. I love you all. Biden 2024. Yikes, people. Just yikes. And I kept going down this rabbit hole because like, we need to know what these kids are hearing and why are they listening to it. And this is something put out there by, by an individual who thinks this is of value. He thinks this is going to be something that makes sense. This is his LinkedIn where he's going out to try to get jobs. He is a political content creator on social media seeking political organization roles. That doesn't even make any sense to me as it is. There's only 20 people following him on LinkedIn, so he's not successful there, I guess, where grownups are. He, he says that he is driven and a passionate content creator. He has a deep interest in politics, 250,000 combined followers. I'm sure it's higher than that now. He says, during my formative years, I gained valuable customer service experience working from the ages of 14 to 18. From 14 to 18. The experience taught him the importance of providing exceptional service, building strong relations. He also worked as a sales representative at AT&T for eight months, where he sharpened communication and sales skills. All eight months of them, I guess. What's funny is, if you scroll down below, you'll find out that he's self-employed as a content creator for 11 months. And apparently, when he typed in the actual months that he worked in retail sales for AT&T, it was only six months in Alpharetta, Georgia. So he thinks it was eight months in his narrative, and then he immediately is exposed by his own sort of uh, his own dates that he had to plug in about his work experience, showing that it was, in fact, less than that and um, fairly significantly less than that. Two of those eight months were not real. So that's a quarter. He's 25 percent off. Is he not? He's 25 percent off on that, and he's working on a bachelor's degree in economics. Of course he is. Who else famously has a bachelor's degree in economics? Do we remember? That is also a dimwit. And unfortunately, since my videos aren't playing, I can't show you some of the great stuff that we have from AOC. But what I have is uh, a couple of videos, which I'll throw in the show links and you'll see them tweeted out. So if you're not following me on social media, go just grab that down. Go to at uh, Kyle Serafin on either True Social or on Twitter, and I will put these things out. There's a fantastic little clip, and I'll cut you the 25-minute version of it and make it about a, a minute and a half of our wonderful Ocasio-Cortez, the representative from New York, the esteemed gentlewoman from New York, who is doing a video. And I thought, oh, this is probably when she was a teenager. This is probably when she was in um, when she was in college. No, it was in 2021. And she's what, 30 years old right now? So she was in Congress and she does an entire 25-minute video on her beauty routines, of which she is confused 
about the nature of sunscreen and the fact that sunscreen makes her skin look whiter, which is a problem for, quote unquote, melanated women. She's got a racial problem with sunscreen and it's causing her angst. It, uh, But it does help accentuate her red lips. And then she talks about the difficulty of her job that she has to work in D.C. for four days a week and then travel back home to her home district in New York at an age when she has no children and she has no family obligations and she has no skin in the game. She also has that same degree, by the way, that Bachelor's of Arts degree in economics. I don't think that's a coincidence. Another vapid, smart, stupid person, someone who says things that mean nothing, that have no substance behind them. They have no experience. They have no real educational route. They don't actually know the way that the world has worked. They've never had even uh, meaningful jobs outside of some pretty low-level stuff. And there they are telling everyone how it should be and what they should be thinking about. And there is a reason for this. There's a reason that this all works together, and we are getting to the Federalist Paper, I promise you. Here's the reason that this stuff works. This is psychological research from Frontiers in Psychology. This is a, a journal of psychology. You can find this online at frontiersin.org. This was written in June of 2022. The impact of positive emotional appeals on green purchasing behavior. This is an article that talks about how do you get people to go after quote unquote green ideas, buying certain things uh, and changing their, their consumption habits that would be theoretically beneficial to a global, natural, ecological environment, which is deteriorating on uh, a day, a daily basis. Even this so-called political, uh, non-political, this is supposed to be an academic paper, is in fact written under the assumption that the global, natural, ecological environment is in fact deteriorating on a day-by-day basis because of pollution. By the way, is that what they're talking about? No. Do they have any sort of um, uh, scientific claims to back up with these things in their introduction? No. The premise of this is, in fact, that, of course, the country or the world is debilitating, even though I would say the, the, the numbers actually say otherwise. The numbers say that we are actually getting less and less on the polluting level, particularly in the first world, particularly in the developed world, where we are getting more and more conscious of many things because it's economically in our favor. And the developing world, which is out there in third world, so-called areas, though they're still doing coal and, and other filthy processes and they've got low refinement capabilities, but that's okay. That's what happens as human beings. That is the greater good. Anyway, this goes on and on and talks about how they've done a lot of research into what sort of factors are useful when it comes to changing the, uh, the purchaser's type of um, outlay of their cash. And they say that there's these various uh, relatively irrational variable emotions. And so they try to calculate this. And so they're going to go on. But this is an entire paper talking about can you use uh, emotion in order to drive behaviors? There's an emotional appeal. Uh, is it strategic? Is it uh, is it effective? And of course, we know that it is. There's uh, this environmentally positive emotion. You can give people a dopamine hit for doing, quote unquote, the right thing. By doing that, you're going to end up with this... Um, with this increase in your sales. And so that's what they're attempting to tell you. Why is all of that the case? Here's another one. This is from August of this year. This was literally written three days ago. The power of emotional appeals in customer acquisition. This is from AI Contentify, which is a, uh, a, a webpage that is designed to basically help people use AI to strategically position their products in an advertising sphere. It says, have you ever made a purchase just because it made you feel good? Perhaps you brought a product because of its brand story or it aligned with your values. This is what we're talking about in the political realm. This is the bumper sticker politics. It's simple. You think it aligns with you because it says coexist. You think it aligns with you because it says they care about women. They don't 
have to give any evidence or example, it's an emotional appeal. From evoking feelings of happiness and nostalgia to creating a sense of urgency, emotions can be a powerful tool for capturing attention and creating a connection with consumers. And so here it is, understanding the roles of emotion and customer acquisitions. They're going to show you a whole bunch of things, different types of marketing. Here are the sort of the emotions they play on. This is also going to be very poignant because I recently did an interview with Mickey Willis, who made Plandemic. And they made three different movies. He put them all out. They're all available, I think, on plandemicseries.com. That's his website. And he got his start, and I didn't know this before we started the interview, but it's actually very telling. He got his start in doing retail infomercials as a videographer and as a as a director and a content creator. So he came in through Hollywood hoping to be an actor. And the thing that he ended up doing was moving into a sales role. And that sales was all information about um, how you can trigger emotions in order to move products forward. And so he has a really, really interesting story about that and how it helped shape his uh, view of the world. I was surprised to hear it. And of course it makes sense that somebody who was interested in marketing and knows the gimmicks on the back end of it would see through a lot of the things that we saw in COVID and a lot of the things that we saw during uh, the tyrannical 2020, 2021 sort of government lockdowns and so on, what they were using. Here are the different types of emotional appeals that can be used according to this, this article by AI Contentify. Happiness, a universal emotion everyone can relate to, warm, fuzzy, positive. Nostalgia, evoking feelings of longing for the past, a sense of familiarity. Fear. Of course, fear. An effectable emotional appeal when used correctly, it creates a sense of urgency and a drive to action. Fear-based appeals are often used in marketing campaigns for security or protection products. You know, like maybe a vaccine. That doesn't work. Empathy. Appeals that can be used in a connection, building a connection with, with customers by resonating with their emotional appeal and their experiences. Excitement. These are things that can be used to create a sense of anticipation and buzz and anger. To evoke a sense of injustice or wrongdoing, these can be effective in creating a sense of urgency to take actions. So once again, we're talking about can we move the needle forward? And that's why this kid is out there running. That's why he's out there losing his mind. It's why he's out there acting frantically and looking like a drug addict. But it turns out that he's probably actually just uh, drunk sometimes or he's so stressed out because of the, the self-induced problems that he's put on that he's going to fall apart. This kid is out there doing something that is, I've got another couple of things about emotional art. Some of them come from actual advertising agencies. But essentially, this is an entire business model that is driven based on the emotional appeal. And it is based on using stupid, stupid people, people who are empty vessels and getting the smart, stupid people to manipulate them the people that are at least able to tap into these emotional appeals. It's scary stuff because it's very effective. And the other problem is, is that people on the political right want to try to do things based on messaging, based on intelligence, based on reasoning. They think that they are dealing with reasonable operators. That is not the case. That's what we are proving over and over again. I sat on a stage uh, with Vivek Ramaswamy the other day uh, in New Hampshire. And one of the things I mentioned is that we are dealing with progressive leftism, which is, in fact, a religion. It is a religious position to say things about LGBTQIA stuff, to talk about abortion, to talk about climate change. Our buddy George Hill calls it climate paganism. Uh, paganism, rather. Climate paganism is a religion. So when these people are out there and they are they're banging on about their religion, this is not an intelligent or informed position. This is, in fact, an unthought out illogical religion, and they are making these appeals based 100% on emotion. All right. Uh, I've got one more article up here that we'll pull up. This is from uh, Inc.com, so Inc. Magazine. 
And this is the emotional appeal on how are the best marketing strategies, how to use them to grow your business. This also works. They talk about getting the most out of your emotional campaigns while staying true to your brand image. This is exactly what we're doing with the, uh, with the, the attempts to make Joe Biden palatable. You have to have young morons out there yelling about it. And instead, you stay away from the real issues that are going on. This came out of Catholic Vote today. Here's a real issue. Are you ready? Published on August 10th. The Biden administration reached a $6 billion deal to free Americans in exchange for jailed Iranians. Apparently, they weren't actually Iranians. They're apparently American citizens. So this is kind of a bad headline. Five Americans are going to re return home. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we gave them $6 billion and some, some Iranians that were jailed, and we give them in this prisoner swap. So what happens? We give the uh, this terrorist government in Iran $6 billion to get rid of people that are jailed in Iran. The New York Times was the first ones to report on it. They did it on Thursday of last week. Five Americans in prison. Have you been hearing about this in every single major news outlet? Has this been the front center piece that we were talking about, that American prisoners were sitting there and they were detained on bogus spying charges, according to the U.S. government, being held from their families, uh, a scientist, a businessman, and three that are named specifically, all with Iranian names? The National Security Spokesperson says we've received confirmation that Iran has released from prison five Americans who were unjustly detained and has placed them on house arrest. Oh, lovely. They put them on house arrest instead of putting them in a prison. Uh, and that cost us $6 billion. We'll continue to monitor their conditions as closely as possible. Of course, we will not rest until they come home to the United States. Yeah, we all believe you. We all believe you. And in the meantime, what else are we not talking about? We're ta not talking about that nearly two-thirds of Americans, 60% of Americans who were polled, believe that the January 6th attacks on the Capitol were planned. And half believe that they will likely be repeated, according to Quinnipiac. This happened yesterday, uh, the other day. This is a, a Forbes article. Sorry, this is actually from June. This is an old article here. Why is this stuff not in the front? Because they are trying to distract you from it. They are moving things along. And they are trying to let you know that they're going to be quietly giving money to Iran. They're going to have little kids screaming about things that don't make sense, about women dying on, a, on a operating tables when that is not the case. And then is our news doing any better? Here's Fox News. This is their new thing. Actually, it, was, it started off the day with, um, with a basketball player talking about trans issues. Now we're going to go and do the FBI thing, talking about Hunter Biden, why he wasn't interviewed. And what do we got? We got Biden... We got a liberal that's going to go against Biden, supposedly, saying uh, just give somebody else a chance. Maybe they should turn over power in that party. We've got stories about the Hawaiian wildflowers a little bit. We've got this sort of culture war stuff. None of these things. And then what is CNN pushing? CNN is always on point on message. And when I say that, what am I saying? I'm saying that they have Trump front and center. This is what they are focused on. This is what they've got. Trump is at the top of the thing. Over here, you see something about a cargo ship in the Romanian Black Sea. When I click through it, it's all stories about Russia, Russia, Russia. It's all Russia bad. All the stories on CNN are on point. They talk about the wildfires. They talk about how there's climate change. They are dialing in on exactly the things that they want you to think about, which is Trump, which is the, the climate paganism. It's talking about Russia is bad, so we got to give money to Ukraine. Everything is on point and on message. They are dialed in. And on the other side, it looks like people on the generally conservative or the, the, the right, they're all dealing with distractions. I always like to talk to people about the fact that we are following down a, uh, a bunch of laser pointers that are on the ground. If you've ever seen a cat chase a laser pointer, this is the analogy I would like people to see. Imagine that somebody has got a laser pointer. They put it out on the carpet. The cat goes and attacks the carpet. Pfft. Paws on the carpet. Okay, fine. 
Then you move the laser pointer somewhere else, the cat will go and attack it there. You can never actually catch what is going on because it is being projected from a distance. You are never going after the original source. In many ways, people who are stupid, stupid people are more than happy to chase the red dot. Do not be one of those people. You've got to be just smart. You have to be informed and you have to be intelligent enough to look around and say, I'm being deceived. I am being manipulated. I am being pushed around under all these different emotional type of content. And you have to be able to see through what is being actually done versus what they are trying to accomplish with you. I'm going to bring up this Federalist paper real quick. This was written by James Madison prior to the prior to the um, the ratification of our U.S. Constitution in 1787. I'm going to read the last second to last paragraph of it, which I think is most telling. This is Federalist paper number 10. You're looking on the screen. You can see it right here. The influence of facetious leaders may kindle a flame within their particular states, but will be unable to spread a general conflagration through the other states. A religious sect may degenerate into a political faction in part of the Confederacy, but the variety of sects dispersed over the entire face of it must secure the national councils against any danger from that source. A rage for paper money. Listen to the things that they're talking about even then. A rage for paper money, for an abolition of debts, for an equal division of property, or for any other improper or wicked project will be less apt to pervade the whole body of the union than a particular member in it. In the same proportion as such a malady is more likely to taint a particular county or district than the entire state. He is making the argument for federalism. That is what these papers are all about. These arguments are an argument for federalism because they saw that there is a tyranny of the localized majority. When you get a bunch of people in an area that have that have denigrated to their own personal pet issues, in this case, look at the stuff he's talking about, a rage for paper money. We obviously have that right now with quantitative easing and printing. The Fed is that problem. An abolition of debts. Think about that. How poignant is that right now? That's what getting these, these young kids riled up, that they're going to get their student loans forgiven because everything's unaffordable. Never mind the fact that the government being involved in this stuff is the nature of why it is inflated. They can't see the root causes because they don't have any wisdom, because they're smart, stupid people. They're able to send things down the line and message things in a way that is emotionally appealing, but it has no substance to it whatsoever. For an equal division of property... The Marxists have always been a concern. They have always been an enemy of the federal republic. And for any other improper or wicked project, that's what he calls it, they are less likely to pervade the whole body of the union rather than one particular member in it. What they are trying to accomplish right now, there's the idea of divide and conquer, and that is what is happening for people on the political right. Get excited about this. Get excited about that. Get riled up about the wrong causes. Get riled up about the dot on the floor like a cat with a laser pointer. However, it's really important to notice what is going on on the political left. And what they are doing is they are unifying around stupid, stupid, stupid causes that have no basis in reality. But they're doing it with smart, stupid people. They're getting the stupid, stupid to get in line and say, yeah, we need to ab uh, abolish all of our debts. We need to print out more paper money. We need to rely on the federal government. We need an equal distribution of property. These were things that the founder of this country, one of them, James Madison in 1787 knew was an issue. This has all been done before. There is a historical precedent going back almost 300 years. 
This concern was not new, even to the founders. They weren't making original thoughts. What they were doing is sharing the traditional and classical arguments against the tyranny of the majority. And what we are really looking at is a tyranny of the minority united. When you unite all of the foolish minorities that have all their own little pet projects and they're all stupid, what does climate change paganism have to do with abortion? Nothing. And yet it's been linked. Why is that? Because if you have abortions, then you have less kids and less kids equals less people. Less people equals less climate change. That's the illogical nonsense that's going on out there, right? They're not related, but they've made them related. What about the cultural Marxist piece? What about property distribution or reparations or any of these other things? They align them all up because the uh, climate injustice has been established, even though that's a completely nonsensical idea. If you go back and look at any of the historical indigenous cultures, like none of them took care of the climate because they didn't have any technology to destroy it. They were just running around. In fact, if you were to move forward and take the indigenous peoples of the North American continent and move them forward into the technologies of today, this would have been a wasteland. Go look at the reason why we know anything about some of these old cultures. It's because they left all their crap in, in a pile. It's piles of broken pottery. It's piles of leftover stuff. It's, it's civilizations or, or areas that they built, developed, and moved on with. Because they were weak and not, they didn't have anything good. There was nothing that was particularly permanent. They didn't have bulldozers and, and uh, construction equipment the way that we do today. But if they did, they would have done the same thing we do. Like there's the instincts are the same. And yet they've got this paganism acting like they are somehow better and therefore they've been wronged and therefore we must do something about it and all of that. These things are linked in their minds, even though they are not linked in reality. And that is because they have smart, stupid people making those emotional appeals, cross-linking these borders in the same concerns that we saw that, uh, that Madison had going back to the founding of this country and the adoption of our constitution. Our constitution is supposed to be the bulk work that stops the emotional, the senseless nonsense. That's what federalism is. And that's why over and over again, you're going to hear more and more about my democracy, our democracy. There is no democracy in this country. That's not what it is. We don't have a democratic process. You don't even have a right to elect the president in this country. It has been ceded to you by state legislatures but you don't have that right. You don't have that right because it never existed. There was a reason to keep away the tyranny of the masses, the tyranny of the majority. And especially the dangerous is when you get a bunch of otherwise uninterested minorities together and make them into a tyrannical majority, even though they are otherwise unaligned. And they do so, again, through the emotional appeal. Be aware of it. Be aware when you are being manipulated, being aware that you are being told that let's go Brandon is what's actually being said. When you know that something else is being put out there. You actually all know intuitively if you are paying attention. So pay attention and you can talk to your kids. You can talk to your Gen Z kids. They don't have to be dumb. You can't be emotionally angry at them. You can't be mean to them, but you sure as hell have to give them something. If you keep outsourcing truth and refuse to have hard conversations with them, then they'll go get it from somewhere else and they're gonna get it from the smart, stupid people. They will get information from people that don't have information to give. So that, that is the message for the day. I hope you guys can walk away with that. I hope that is of some value. I'm going to be releasing a second video. We'll probably live stream it. This is an interview with the former girlfriend of Charlie McGonigal. He's the indicted FBI special agent in charge from the New York field office. He was in charge of the counterintelligence division there and has, was accepting bags of cash from Albanians. Uh, fascinating story, really bizarre. I think you get another side of the coin by listening to what uh, Allison has to say. So we're gonna share Allison's interview with you this afternoon. I wanted to touch this stuff because I think this is so much more poignant for what's going on 
in a global sense, and then we'll get down to the granularity of it, and her story is also worth hearing for sure. So we're going to add that in the afternoon. So if you're looking around uh, for something this afternoon, you'll have a second updated Kyle Serafin show that will be available to you throughout the week for you to be able to listen to, and uh, I recommend it. He is going to be doing a plea deal. He being Charlie McGonigal will be doing a plea deal tomorrow, all right? And uh, so you should be aware of at least some of the backstory on there. And uh, like I said, framing the information, we always like to give you kind of the unbiased, like what can we find out about the person that's telling the story? And so I, I, I dig a little bit into who Allison was as a person and, and what she knew about Charlie and, and if there's any nuance to it. And there is, of course. Uh, that being said, you've been listening to our live stream from Liberty Hill, Texas uh, with difficulties as well and videos that failed. So we do really, really appreciate you guys sticking with us here. Ryan should be back in Michigan uh, tomorrow. Hopefully he will be able to uh, help us do the stream and we'll be able to overcome some of the silliness that goes on. Uh, that being said, all that is uh, distractions. This, uh, this, Audio, if you had any issues with it, will be out on um, iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all the others. So thank you for listening, and we do really appreciate your five-star reviews. Uh, this show does grow because of those. We are now over, I think, 640, coming up on 650. Um, I'll read you one here from Mimi Sharon so uh, What is it? S-O-L-D-O. Soldo. I feel like it cuts you guys off when you try to put your names in, though. So Mimi Sharon says, defund the FBI. Five stars. Thank you for bringing truth into the spotlight, it's sad to see American decline at such a rapid pace. But we can't do. But if we can't do anything about it, if we don't know anything about what the truth is that's going on, that's what this whole whole day was about. So this is a poignant reminder of that. Keep speaking out and speaking the truth with all your shows and your guests. God bless you. Well, God bless you, Mimi, and we will continue to do those things. I hope this is beneficial for you. I hope that you walk out there and you are forewarned and therefore forearmed uh, on the techniques that are being used against you because they are. Don't be. Don't be a stupid, stupid person, and don't listen to the smart, stupid people. Uh, we have, again, nearly 650. Let's go ahead and keep pushing those up. I'd love it if you guys would leave us a five-star review. I will read them on the show. We do one every single day. Uh, generally speaking, we would say thanks to Ryan Matta here. You can follow him, Ryan Matta. He's going to have some real wild stuff coming from the border. Ryan Matta Media on Twitter, M-A-T-T-A, or just Ryan Matta on Truth. And uh, folks, don't forget to hit the like as you leave out of here on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. If you're listening on any of the other platforms, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin is where the live chat is. I can see you all out there. They said they love the roller coaster. They love the technical difficulties. <laughs> I don't know if they do or not, but uh, we do really appreciate it, folks. So uh, we will see you again tomorrow. And uh, once again, like check out this afternoon. I will be releasing that uh, interview with Allison in just a little bit. So uh, we'll, we'll get that queued up for you. And I hope that's a benefit to you as well. Have a safe day. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.